Fat Force Radio. Fat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman and DC podcast with no limits. A warning, we will be going full spoilers on a recently released comic, so you may want to bail before we get to that point if you don't want to be spoiled. With us this week is Teasus in New York. Believe. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. And this week's guest is a romance author and now also a comic author, and the first person not named Sean Murphy to write a book in the Batman White Knight universe with the <laughs> recently completed... Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn, exploring the trajectory of Harley's life following the events of Batman Curse of the White Knight. Welcome back, Katana Collins. Thank you. <laughs> and as, as I said your name, I saw you getting hit in the face with your cat's tail. <laughs> yep. She, I was saying, like, she never wants to hang out with me, ever. She doesn't want to cuddle. She doesn't ever want attention or love until I am... In the middle of like a podcast or doing so, see here she's back. Yeah. Oh, attention, huh? Yeah. Uh, anyway, hi. Uh, hi. Thank, thank you for taking the time to come back and uh, you know waste an evening with us again. Yeah, I'm excited this time. Just me, no Sean. Yeah, we we got stuck with him last time, didn't we? Yeah. Because I'm a scaredy cat, and I've never I had never done a. Um, comic podcast prior to that one but the two of you used to do your own uh, your own show so you had some experience yes yeah i've been on other podcasts i've just never done one in the comics arena but uh speaking of the comics uh, how was your first experience in, in writing comics it was good i mean i had a great team i had a really good support network um i personally think we put out a pretty darn good book um and it's it was just overall very very positive. Yeah, you you definitely did have uh, a a good team that you were working with there. Yeah. And what were the differences between having a monthly comic come out versus having your novels coming out? I, they're as different as different can be. <laughs> um, I mean, I still tend to write them mostly. Um, like all together, I wasn't like still writing per se as the books were coming out. I pretty much had most of the drafts for all six issues done and written um, right around the time Mateo was like starting and finishing issue one and two. Um, so it wasn't so much uh, writing each issue monthly per se, um, but 
the process of publishing is just so different. And uh, it, it's also like, it's so funny to me the way comic book readers ingest stories because it's <laughs> like reading something one chapter a month. Mm-hmm. And reviewing something based on one chapter rather than the story as a whole at first. It's um I mean there's no right or wrong way to do it, but it's just that's a very different uh animal than a novel, you know. Right. Yeah, because the, the twenty-six pages of a comic book would probably fill up what five, six pages of of a novel. Oh yeah. <laughs> if that, yeah. Absolutely. But it's also like the story, like it's closer to five or six chapters of a novel, you know, or maybe four to five chapters, even though the words that you use are only a few pages. But like the actual storytelling and plot um, is probably closer to reading like five chapters at a time. Yeah, because what you would normally have written in in a novel, like a lot of the descriptions of places and, and people and you've painting a picture with the words is literally the picture is painted this way. Exactly. In like one little panel, that's can be a page of a description sometimes. So how, how long do you um, generally give yourself from the time of completion or when you start storyboarding for a novel, how long does that whole process take before it hits shelves or publication? Generally. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it can vary, but I try to, um, like, from plotting a book to hitting publish. So I write about two to 4,000 words a day in a novel. Um, so most of my books are between 80,000 words and 100,000 words. So by that math, like, typically it takes me about two and a half to three months to write a book. Um, and then I am a little obsessive about my editing process uh so I take a long time like revising and editing and um I have about three different editors go through and help me and like revise it and work on tightening it um so I would say for me from plotting a book to publishing it's probably closer to like six or seven months but I know many many authors who will just like they they have one editor who gives it a read through and then they publish within two to three months i know some authors who write a book every month and publish a book every month that would literally kill me (laughs) (laughs) it would be i i would just be a big ball of stress constantly but um but yeah some people do it and yeah but for me it's probably like six months and but I can write a book pretty quick. It's just the other stuff that takes me longer. The aftermath. Yeah. Thinking about what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. And then doubting everything you've done and then rewriting it a few times and then ultimately going back to the first draft anyway. That's right. a fun part of the process. <laughs> now, not that you were obviously, a, you weren't doing it on your own, but there was a lot for you to handle uh, coming into your first comic because not only did you create new characters uh, adapted a character from the animated series in the gray ghost mm-hmm. killed a character but you also fleshed out an event that had been hinted at in the previous white knight volumes with uh, joker and jason todd so this was where we saw the moment where harley had to admit that 
Jack Napier had been replaced by the Joker and he was going too far now, uh, leading her to get Batman involved. So was it always planned that this was where some of these events of the universe would be revealed? Or did you find the story just growing into them during the writing? A little bit of both. Um, Jason Todd was sort of always mapped into the story. And having a bit more of that reveal be part of this story, that was always kind of part of the plan. Um, And by design so that it's sort of setting up Sean for future books as well, and maybe other writers. Um, Some of it was a surprise as we were writing. Like, (laughs) um, actually both, again, we've already given the spoiler warning. So Mm -hmm. final warning, come back later if you're not ready. (laughs) Um, But both deaths of Hector and um, Lou, were sort of a surprise to both of us. Um, Lou came first. Like, we knew Lou was going to die. But it kind of happened, like, I had plotted all six issues, and then I was sitting with Sean one night at dinner, and I kind of looked up from whatever I was eating, and and I was like, I think one of the hyenas has to die. And he... The shock on Sean's face was priceless because those who know anything about me know I am an avid animal lover. Mm -hmm. I have three dogs and a cat. I would literally rescue every animal I could if if I was allowed to and not become like a crazy cat lady or raccoon lady because I joke that when I'm 80, I'm probably going to rescue raccoons thinking they're cats. Um, (laughs) And... He, and I give Sean so much shit for killing anything, like any animal that he's ever killed. Like if you've read Punk Rock Jesus, mm-hmm. I I was livid at him for killing Cola. And um, he, he was like, you're going to turn around and do the same thing for all the shit you've given me. And, um, and I was like, I, I just think it really makes the story like that much more crushing for Harley like I think she needed it as her um like kind of a awakening moment or like her her call to action to to really go after Starlet um so that was sort of a surprise in the beginning and then we had basically written all six issues and then realized that we thought it would be stronger if Hector died. Yeah. And so we went back and had to rewrite um, issue six to make that kind of tie together better. Okay. But initially yeah. Hector, Hector was going to survive. And <laughs> that's funny because it was the opposite in my mind. I wasn't surprised that Hector went, but I was surprised that I, I texted you after reading it and said, does he really die? I know, and I, I was like, do you really want to know that? Like, is yeah, it... you, you made me spell it out. Yeah, <laughs> you like, literally made me spell like... out that I, that I wanted the spoiler. Yeah, yeah, and I, I got quite a few of those um, messages and DMs of people who were like, but he's not dead, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's clearly not dead, and um, it didn't quite occur to me that it was left open-ended until I started getting those DMs. And then I was like, oh, I guess it isn't obvious, especially in a comic book world where, yeah. you know, 
sometimes surprise they're not dead but yeah we 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 tend to take it like watching a tv show or a movie you know if if you don't see a body they're not dead <laughs> yeah no he dead, <laughs> he certainly... dead. Now, now i don't know if because it did happen right at the end of uh the second last issue uh like you mentioned yet yeah, it really gave harley the motivation to really go after starlet but the way it felt to me when I started reading the final issue, because we start off with that flashback to uh, the night with Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I took it was that thinking about Lou after he passed was what was bringing her back into that memory of that night, because it was when they protected her from, from Joker. Yep. And it was really them. It was the hyenas who not only protected her from Joker, but in my mind convinced her enough is enough because as she was like she was actually running back to stop the hyenas from attacking him and lou steps between her and joker and and bud and um like licks the wound that joker had created and basically like since we can't make hyenas talk in my mind he was saying you know enough is enough it's time to leave and or that's her interpretation of what that meant. Yeah. Yeah. So in her mind, they're part of the reason why she ends up leaving Joker finally. Yeah. And it was cool and unexpected to, to see the Jason Todd moment that we were already sort of fed a little bit of uh, previously uh, to have it come as like, I think there was an expectation that, this book would sort of be a side story between the Batman volumes of White Knight. But we saw a big change occur to Batman's situation with him getting out of prison. Not, yeah. you know, not through legal means. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Jason Todd being brought into the universe uh, officially now. Uh, on top of all the things that Harley goes through. So I know there was something of a roadmap for the upcoming volumes you know i i know what some of those plans were but without getting into spoilers did any of the events that you ended up writing in harley change anything that was planned for the white knight books or lead to new ideas moving forward that uh this series might have created definitely leads to new ideas um i don't think it changes at least none of like Sean's sort of main line white knight plans. Um, solely because, uh, because I knew kind of what the next story was in his <clears throat> main line that w- we were very careful to like work in the Easter eggs we needed and the setup for that. Um, and in fact, there were probably moments that when Sean read a draft, he was like, oh, no, we can't do that because I'm doing this later. So but in terms of like other spinoff ideas, yeah, like there was um, I, there's definitely been talk of like some sort of Neo IV, maybe Harley spinoff, but focusing more on the Neo IV uh, relationship. <clears throat> um I've talked about it before. This is not actually in the works, but I love Zatanna. So I would really like to do a Zatanna story. <laughs> yeah, she would yeah, definitely maybe, uh, play yeah, well in like the universe. A one shot would be 
would be cool for her just to kind yeah. of get in the universe. Yeah, exactly. I would love that. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think if there was, well, I know like there's definitely been talks about like Batgirl, Nightwing, mm-hmm. um, but nothing, nothing set in stone, nothing scheduled or obviously, but. We definitely need some uh, some more villains brought in because he sort of cleaned house <laughs> in Curse. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's still uh, we still have like characters like Roz, and you know, a lot a lot of characters are untapped in the universe that uh, oh there's yeah, there's a lot of space they could fill. Absolutely, I and I'm trying to think because like I don't know the villains as well, but I remember being really really grateful and happy that he didn't kill Ivy back in the day because I really wanted her in the story and I knew he had slaughtered a ton of them and I was kind of like did you kill Ivy like can I please have her and we just got really lucky that he happened to not kill her in that scene (laughs) uh so you you mentioned that uh there are ideas for maybe uh Neo Ivy etc are, do you have ideas in your mind for are things like this something you would tackle? I don't think we've gotten that far yet. I mean, I would certainly be happy to. I I kind of I I know the direction I would take the the three characters and the dynamic that I like for them. Um, in our story, I was really excited to have Ivy kind of be a what's the word I'm looking for. Um, like a guiding light sort of for Harley. And since Harley's struggle has been a lot with like parenthood and being a mother and not really being able to um, merge all the different sides of herself, I thought it was really uh, apropos for Ivy to be that person because Ivy is very nurturing and very motherly, especially, well, mostly to her plants or only to her plants. But I see her as a very like mother nature kind of figure. yeah, and I see them as having a really special bond from days past. Now, we did get uh, a really different side of Harley than we've seen in in most stories, given that you know we're seeing her as as a mother now. Were there things that you specifically wanted to do with Harley because you hadn't seen them done before? Yeah. That, you know, thought that there were dimensions to it to add to her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, to again, I am not necessarily the most well-read comic reader out there, but to my knowledge, we've never seen Harley as a mother. Um, and I definitely don't recall, not only with Harley, but I don't really know of any superhero that's had postpartum depression. Again, they may be out there, so I apologize if there's a very famous book somewhere that does deal with that. But um, that was one thing that I, to me, it made the most sense because not only is postpartum depression super common, but she had also just lost the love of her life. So, of course, she would be depressed and kind of struggling with this. and, and, you know, in general, like, Sean had kind of already set up a lot of who this version of Harley was, so I can't quite take credit for that. Um, but still making her fun and hijinks 
Hicks and um, all the, the qualities about Harley that we love. We didn't want to lose that, but we did want to kind of ground her more and find a, a bit of humanity that, you know, maybe... Well, and it's not that that's not in the other stories, because it absolutely is. It's just, this is an older version of Harley, so she would be a little different, you know? Yeah, and we've seen her, uh, from the beginning of the first White Knight, we, we've seen her grow into uh, who she is by, by the time of this story. Yeah. Kind, kind of went through some things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you also have the ability to kind of interweave and really kind of show her from day one where she had this really raw looking costume and she looked kind of ridiculous but and she jumped out her window like i really love seeing that day one perspective yeah that was a fun scene it almost looked like she was in pjs you know like until bruce you know obviously like she was shopping around for the harlequin outfit but it was great to see like when bruce gave her that suit towards the end yeah of like a bond between them and you know yeah thank you i i also really liked i mean obviously a lot of the flashbacks um focused on the the origin of her relationship with jack and the joker but it also in a much smaller way was the origin of her relationship with batman and um and how he kind of always did care about her from the beginning he he worried for her. He he could tell she was maybe like going down the wrong path by hanging out with Jack. But also there he had a point that he was sort of like, Well, you know, Jack may not be good for you, but you are good for Jack. And what do you do with that information, you know? That's a tricky thing when you love someone. And uh to think that she was good for him and, you know, she was keeping him from, from going down roads he may have gone down. It's interesting to think about how, how much worse could the Joker have been mm-hmm. if, if there wasn't someone there compared to what yeah. he did become anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And in our world or in Sean's world, I should say, I, I'm pretty sure because, like, well, I'm trying to think about when we were, like, sort of plotting. But Sean was pretty clear that Harley is not a murderer in this universe. Like, she's never murdered anyone. Yes, yeah, she's, like, been part of crazy plans and heists and thieves. And she's maybe taken hostages, but she's never killed someone. Um, and I can't remember if in his world if Joker is a murderer or not. Uh, I do remember Sean saying... Uh, I think it was back when he was on for the first White Knight volume. Uh, He he was being specific that in this universe, the Joker had not done nearly what he has done in the mainline comics because it had to be, it had to be sellable that he could potentially be released from prison. Yeah. That's what I thought too. But again, I didn't, I didn't want to speak out a term if I was totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you got there because it, it wouldn't make sense if you know, he had you know done these genocides, you know, poisoning water and killing thousands of people. No matter how sane he got, they, right. were, they were going to let him out of jail or run for pre, uh, run for mayor or any of that stuff. 
Right. And that's why the Jason Todd thing was so poignant in this story, because I believe the mystery around that was if he had murdered Jason Todd, that would have been the only person he'd ever murdered. Yeah, it would have been crossing the line from just being a criminal into being a murderer. But I can't, he, he, I think he did end up doing that in the later. So didn't he do that in White Knight or Curse? He, he must have. He must have crossed it afterwards, but uh, Jason Todd definitely would have been the first. So yeah, that right. that that was a, a huge point that, and especially for Harley, that you know, she was not that person. She was not then, and was not on the road to becoming. Yeah, what that's Joker never was. been her jam in this universe. In fact, it's what makes her leave him, or one of the reasons yeah, yeah. that she leaves him. Yeah, and it was cool that we finally got to see this, and. Uh, I don't know, somehow a surprise. I didn't expect that we would see the Jason Todd moment uh, come in this story, but it it turned out to be the perfect place to to have it. Cool. Thanks. So writing comics for the first time, what did you bring from your experience in writing? What did you carry over and what did you have to to relearn? Um, It's very similar writing in terms of plot and structure and goal and motivation and conflict. Um, a lot of that stayed the same. Uh, it, one of the, I think harder things is, um, you know, you kind of have to change your mind mindset from like a chapter book. Like I, when I plot my novels, it's like chapter by chapter, even though it's still the same eight point plot device that I use. Um, so like the, the nitty gritty plotting is different and, um, trying to think about each issue and like, what is the cliffhanger on this issue? And then how is each scene different in every issue? And, um, the transitions are very different in comic books. They're much more, um, abrupt, I think, than in like a chapter book. Um, and just having to be succinct. That is really challenging for me <laughs> when I have all the pages in the world to pour my little writer heart out in a book. And in a comic book, it's just like cut, cut, cut to the last second you're trimming dialogue um, to be as short as possible. It felt like to me, <laughs> it's like that was really challenging. <laughs> it, it, it would be pretty easy to have so much, uh, so much dialogue on a page that, the the speech bubbles cover up all of Mateo's art. Yes, and we don't want that to happen. <laughs> but yeah, the amount of times that it was just like trim this down more, trim that down more. Um, yeah, and and I think coming also from an acting background for me, I love good dialogue. I love um, like hearing their voices in my head as I read it. Uh, but again, it's sort of like you have to balance that with sometimes you don't need the dialogue because you have the pictures that are right there. I, I was kind of thinking to myself, uh, even today when I brushed up on some issues, that coming from a, such a strong writer's background, I feel like you have to give so much trust to Mateo to really create these visuals. Because I feel like as a writer, you want the reader to kind of imagine it, but now you're relying on so much on the artist to kind of bring that vision out for you. Yeah. It's it's a sense of kind of letting go, which I could imagine as a writer could really be a challenge. 
Yeah. Relying on someone to really reveal what you're thinking, you know, and it's kind of like you're, it's, you're syncing with that person. And I think you got, from what I saw, you guys had an amazing chemistry, but um, to me, I'm, I'm thinking that's, that's a big challenge for someone that's just giving off a storyboard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do think to start with saying like Mateo and I are amazing. Like he's, he, we have great chemistry. I love Mateo. I love his art. Um, and it is a scary leap to, um, to release that control. Um, but it's also pretty freeing as well. Like it's kind of nice to share that responsibility and to not have the vision of an entire project relying on you. Um, and for me, what made it more seamless and maybe less scary was it's not just my vision. And yeah, like, yes, I'm, I'm writing something down, but a collaboration, a true collaboration is it's all of our vision. So even if I wrote something to be a certain way or I don't even know, like a certain time of day or in a certain room, but if Mateo emailed me and he had a different idea of what that should look like, I, I'm more than happy to let that go, let that happen. Um, or we find like a balance between what he sees and what I see, as long as we can make the plot work moving forward. Yeah, that's something I hadn't uh, thought of yet. The, so this would have been really your first experience with handing your words to someone and then seeing them, having them send their work back to you where they have put your work into something visual. Yeah, it's um, it's a really cool and strange first experience the first time that happens. Like, it's... I, I, it must be akin to watching one of your projects come to life in a movie, you know? Yeah. Like just seeing the visual representation of words coming to life. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, And even just like, I, I knew what Harley looked like because obviously Sean had already drawn her and we've seen many, many visual iterations of Harley through the years, but um, seeing, Mateo's spin on our Harley and especially like the kids. Cause that was, that was the first time we really saw the kids drawn yeah. um, other than like little, little babies. I think Sean drew them as baby babies, but um, that was pretty cool to see how he envisioned them looking. And having them uh, riding on, on the hyenas and things yep. like that. <laughs> Controversial <laughs> riding on the hyenas. <laughs> Was that controversial? Only among like the talk of the team. Like there was a lot of discussion on like if that visually would work or how ludicrous is it or um, like there was one kind of funny discussion about like <laughs> are are people going to um, be mad that it's endangering that Harley's endangering her children's lives by riding on the hyenas and ultimately we we came up with the plan that like this is essentially like a mini fairy tale like the hyenas are you know fantastical creatures who are very aware and um almost human-like 
And so it's not putting them in danger by allowing them to ride. <laughs> yeah, no, no one would question it in a Disney film. So why question exactly. it in a comedy? <laughs> and, you know, we've kind of already established that Harley's not a great mom at the beginning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just kind of learning. Yeah, like she's, I mean, probably a lot like many, many parents in that you're just so overwhelmed and you're like, whatever, you want to ride the dog? Fine. <laughs> I mean, it's totally relatable nowadays with this year. It's like, as a parent, you know, you kind of throw the rule book out the window because you're just trying to get day day by day. And just sometimes you just have to go with the flow. And yeah. Harley, you gave her such a humanistic quality that that's what you do in real life. There is no rules to follow yeah. to a successful parent. You just be the best that you can be. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I also loved how you, from the first issue, just you had the hyenas referenced as her babies, her real babies, you know, like <laughs> that's really Harley, you know, she loved, she loved them and they loved her back and they protected her. And that's really an important uh, component of the story. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we, we, uh, we touched on the new suit. Uh, so you, towards the end of the story, obviously you're already being spoiled. If you haven't stopped <laughs> listening by this point, if you haven't read it, <laughs> Uh, Batman gives her this new suit that he had made for, you know, something that's obviously it's black, you know, designed to protect her more. And as he says, you know, he's he's worried about her getting him caught. But uh, first of all, I thought it was perfect that, of course, if Batman gives Harley a suit, it's going to be in this slick case that will have her logo on it. Everything's got to have the logo on it. (laughs) So we're we're left at the end of the story with Bruce has presented her with this potential path for, for the rest of her life you know like a a, a new thing to hear that i'm gonna offer you this opportunity and i hope you'll make the most of this do you have in your mind what you would like to have her doing with that yes i so that and this is something that it's again this is not in the works it's not to my knowledge, anything that's going to happen. But if I had my choice, um, cause again, like Harley's struggle throughout all of this is like, who am I? You know, if I'm not a villain, who am I? If I'm, if I'm a mother, who am I? If I'm like trying to be a detective right now, who am I? And, um, she doesn't quite fit into any of it, but I think where she feels most comfortable is sort of being not a vigilante because but somewhere in between like private eye and vigilante so like uh she she could sort of be the jessica jones of sure that's a yeah that's a really good comparison yeah and like but without the alcoholism. Yeah, no alcoholism <laughs> for her. I mean, she's been through enough. Like, <laughs> give Harley a break. <laughs> um, but yeah, like working with the GTO when it's needed, but also like bending the rules when that's needed. And we all know that that can be a real slippery slope, especially in Gotham. Um, but I think that's where... I would see her going is like not taking the job with Montoya, but still having a decent working relationship with Montoya as well. And I love thinking about the potential that there is because we have these two kids 
that are the children of Jack slash Joker and Harley, what they could grow into. Oh yeah. You know, that, that potential of one of them being, you know, <laughs> taking Harley's personality or more, you know, more the Jack side of him and the other one could go, you know, could have the Joker side. Yeah, totally. But, uh, could be an that, interesting family. And that's definitely something we've talked about. Um, I don't know how that fits into White Knight universe. Like, that's a tricky thing because they, you know, I guess it would depend on what age you you write them in. But yeah. um, or if you still have Harley in it as the mom. Um, but yeah, we've we've definitely talked about that. Actually, I don't a little off topic, but have you guys been watching um, Superman and Lois? I haven't seen that one yet. I've heard good things about it, though. Likewise. Yeah, I think it's really good. Um, But it has uh, that they have twins. Superman and Lois have twins. Mm. And part of that plot is like figuring out if they have powers. And it it makes me think a little bit of our dynamic with them. Yeah, yeah. Powers. They're not like aliens or magical beings. But, you know, knowing, trying to figure out who has what traits. I, I would be pretty ticked off if I was one of the kids and didn't have one of the powers. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the other one did. Yeah, like he has, you know, he has all the good traits or whatever. And right. And like, what? Hey. I'm a good reporter. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can fly, and I'm yeah, like, a good reporter. I have to wear these glasses. That's it. Right. <laughs> I got dance vision, <laughs> not the cool heat vision. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm going to be a reporter and not tell the world who my brother is. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's really, I really enjoyed the show. I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, the uh, the inheriting powers thing reminded me, of, you know, I've read the comic before, but uh, it's a nice refresher watching the, uh, the Invincible animated series uh, that's on Prime now. Oh, nice. I don't know that one. So Invincible is a, a comic from Robert Kirkman. Uh, he's the guy yeah. that created Walking Dead. Yeah. So it's like it's like a standard sort of you know superheroes comic, but it's far more graphic and and gritty. Like you know, heroes can be shitty people, and sort of like in the boys, if you've seen any of that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you you see a child of a superhero waiting to grow into his abilities. Mm. And then, you know, the, the misadventures when they do begin that. I'm, I'm a sucker for those stories. I love them. (laughs) Like that is, that's a way to win me over as a reader. Yeah. uh, Check out invincible though. It's uh, there are only three episodes out now. It's on uh, prime. I think Yeah, prime. Yeah. It, yeah. It's fun though. I think you'll enjoy that. Awesome. But uh, yeah, to see uh, to see Harley and Joker's kids, you know, to one of them could could start growing into the Joker side, and she sees that in him. Mm-hmm. You know, to to see Harley maybe have a fear of what one of her children is going to become as she sees the Joker side in him. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that would be oof, that would be hard. That would be heart-wrenching, too, because it's like, if you're a mother, and this is essentially what killed or took away your partner, and then you watch your child start to exhibit the same characteristics, oof. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's heavy. Yeah, I, I'm 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 quiet now because I'm just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Rob is writing things on paper. <laughs> paper. I, the one yep. thing that I've noticed lately, when I do have to write anything, my hand barely remembers how to write things with with a pen or pencil it's so messy now i i always had messy writing but it's horrible now my hand doesn't remember what it's doing because i'm always just typing yeah yeah i still do a lot of handwriting though like i have notebooks and journals and i feel like anytime i'm plotting i tend to do it by hand not typing like i find it easier to i do it on um index cards so i can like lay out all the scenes and move the scenes around from the floor in the the order that I want them to be. I'm a very analog person in that way. <laughs> I feel like when, when you have a, especially like for me, when I when I scribble something down, I want to get the idea out so quick. So it kind of reflects it in the scribbling. And I mm -hmm. feel like you have to learn to slow down a little bit because we're so used to typing and just getting an instant uh, output. You know, we have to kind of learn to do that again and just slow it, slow it down. Because my, my handwriting is atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, I'm like, what is this? I have to, like, decode it. <laughs> yeah. Like a doctor's writing. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted to add before, too, when we were talking about the uh, the crossover with potentially, like, Harley having thoughts of Jack, I think that's something that's so powerful with this whole White Knight universe that you can always go back to these scenes with Jack, and they can just keep on going. And Jack will always live in the series, even though he had died in, in the second uh, iteration. But he's going to live forever in this series because Harley's always going to pin back to him and think yeah. about the times that they had together. And especially in the first and second issue, where you create these scenes of where they first met with each other, like that's such a strong bond that you've created. And I think your background with... Uh, being a novelist, you've kind of created this romanticism about them that people really wanted to uh, witness and see. And that's something that you personally, I feel like, brought to the table that no one else could do. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was definitely part of the story I was maybe most excited to tell was their love story um, for that reason. And it, it was the most comfortable part for me to tell. Um, but also, challenging and one of the reasons that we made the choice to have them meet as Jack and Harleen rather than meet as Joker and Harleen um, is because I was finding it very hard for my own writing ways to to have them fall in love or to have her fall in love with Joker being joker already and like that was i i was just having a hard time wrapping my head around it plus i felt like that story's been done already we've seen that yeah, so why would yeah. he tell the same flashback that everyone else has told you know one one of the scenes that always sticks with me is when she's at axis chemicals and he's trying to hide her and he says you know of course you know i'm proud of you you know you're gonna be you have to be out of here because you can't be seen you're you're like you're acclaimed at Arkham and what you're doing for Arkham is great. He's like, you need to leave as soon as possible because I don't want you to be caught up in this crossfire. So you, again, you see this part of Jack that really does love her. Yeah. 
you know? No, Jack, I think, loves her with all his heart. And part of the reason why I think he left initially was because he knew he would bring her down with him. And he, like, because he discovers the, um, medical journal that she writes about him and he gets so mad that he like flies off the handle and I think in that moment where he's like maybe about to hit her he's so mad and feeling that transformation within himself that's when he chooses to leave and it's not because he's really that mad at her it's because he's mad at himself and he doesn't want this life for her that scene was actually supposed to be a lot longer with um with them at Axis Chemicals. Like I, we had to cut it so, so back, <laughs> which again, like hurt my little writer heart. But like there was, there was like a whole section where like she runs away and Batman sees the, the like hat that she was wearing and like gives it back to her later uh, at the hospital. Um, yeah, that, I think there was like supposed to be a kiss scene. Yeah, anyway, it got cut. It got cut like five pages down, which it had to. <laughs> the whole issue was already way too long. But <laughs> uh, there's probably a lot that you could have written there, though, with with the two of them, because we saw them meeting and we saw their you know their sort of end. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a lot of room for middle stuff there, you know, where we could see them. Uh, some some Mickey and Mallory kind of stuff for for yes. Jack and Harleen. Yeah, we kind of skip all the good years, <laughs> right? Like, um, there's not a whole lot of the fun, happy couple of years in that flashback. Yeah, I mean, I, I could... There's so much more potential just to bring Jack. I could see Harley go into her journals and start reciting, and that could just be a whole side story. Yeah. Know? To me, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. He's a a critical part into the whole White Knight universe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of comics, too, is like, yes, he is dead. Like, he's not coming back, per se. But we still get to see him and we still get to experience him. Yeah. So for anyone who has gotten their first sample of your writing with this book... And might be interested to read more. Like, let's say, what are you working on currently? What's what's your next thing that uh, people will see from you? Yeah, so I am still writing romance, but obviously that's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, I have a romantic comedy novel coming out soon. Um, but in terms of comics, I am working on a new project um, that is going to kind of take place it's not any superhero it's um indie but it's going to take place in salem Mm -hmm. and um i'm not i don't know i I don't am i allowed to talk about i don't know i mean it's indie so i don't know here's what we'll do i'm gonna tell you about it and then i will ask sean if i if i need you guys to cut it out I don't know. I mean, I'm not, it, he has nothing to do with this project other than he just knows the industry better. So he might say like, no, don't announce this yet. Or he might be like, yeah, whatever, talk about it. Um, but <laughs> so it's, it's a, um, it's called The Familiars and it's about a um, kid, like a teenager in Salem during the witch trials. 
and um, this kid doesn't realize that uh, her aunts are all witches and they're all abducted for the witch trials and all that's left are these familiars who have to team up with this niece of the witches to save to save them all that's so nice so kind of fun it will be you know kind of typical katana writing like sort of you know dark but still full of heart and fun lots of animals because that's what I do. Cats. <laughs> cats. But how many of them are you going to off in the process? <laughs> I hope none. <laughs> I am hoping for none. <laughs> so is this one, uh, is this going to be like a crowdfund like Sean has done? That's what I'm leaning toward. Um, but I also haven't really shopped it around yet, so I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, another nice advantage of having someone as experienced as Sean. Like, you, you you sort of have uh, a, an insider who can tell you, you know, yeah, let's let's uh, crowdfund this, or oh, yeah. let's let's take this to to these guys and and get them to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and he knows so much about crowdfunding just from his few that he's done, the couple that he's done, and um, I don't think we would need much to get it off the ground and. It's always nice to have control, right? Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was about to say that. Like it's really it's not even about like who's gonna put it out or the money. It's really about your artistic freedom. Yep. That's what it's Absolutely. about at the end of the day. And you wanna get the story out. You wanna get your vision out. And sometimes that gets filtered a lot. So in a story that you feel so passionate about, crowdfunding is the way to go because you want yeah to give to the people, you know, what you yeah. want what you wanna give. So and we were we were really fortunate with the White Knight Harley that we weren't really in that situation of of being you know micromanaged or controlled or having to change a ton of stuff. Like it really was just a great experience. Um, and our editor Maggie is wonderful. Uh, like I have nothing good but but good to say about the whole experience. Um, but I am a little nervous at the idea of having to do a comic book of like something that's canon or you know like having to do like a fill-in or of a character who's got this like epic long story that you're like coming in and you have to adhere to all these rules and things that have already happened like that to me sounds terrifying <laughs> well you 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 jumped in on one of the highest profile characters there are so i think uh you you can hopefully be pretty well past that fear after this <laughs> Should I? <laughs> I was married to the guy who created it though <laughs> but, but yeah that that has to be what you said that you didn't so you, there weren't really things that you uh were told you couldn't do or anything you know by by uh editorial and i have to think that some of that comes from one you know the white knight universe had already been successful anyway doing doing its own thing so they feel comfortable with that but also i'm sure some of that comes from the fact that they know sean does what he wants anyway <laughs> that's probably true <laughs> that's probably true um but also like i i knew the story really well like i knew this world really well already so i wasn't coming in sort of n not having read, you know, 80 issues prior that 
that like this one thing happened and that's why you can't tell this part of the story. Like, yes, it's a world that's already been created, but it's a much smaller pie than, you know, say jumping into like a wonder woman tale. Um, and I, again, I just think it's the kind of thing, if you're a writer, you just get used to. Like, you just kind of have to do it, and eventually it'll get easier. Ben, or I, not. Don't know, I don't know how much people realize, too, that, you know, I, I don't know how much it was, but I know that you were, you were always around while the White Knight stuff was being created. Like, Sean did mention oh, yeah. uh, in the past how, you know, he, he would go to you with questions and things and, and get advice. So, yeah, it's not like you came into this cold. You, no, you knew no. the universe well. I read, I read all of the issues before they were even art. Like, I read drafts of them <clears throat> early on. So, like, I've seen the growth and the whole process from, you know, even just plotting, like we would sit together and, and he would hash out the plot and I would not, not like do it with him, but I would certainly like listen and throw in, you know, a few tidbits and advice when it was relevant. Um, and I, I always joke that I'm like his dialogue editor, <laughs> like I'll go through and, and on some of his drafts, like look at dialogue and be like, no one talks like that. <laughs> like you, We need to rewrite that line. <laughs> did, did he throw any of that at you while you were doing this one? Get, give you oh. any of uh Oh yeah. yeah. All the time. <laughs> I mean, I think we talked about it last time we were on the show, but the whole egg roll fiasco. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is still like what one of our stupidest fights was over if that egg roll should hit Duke in the face or not. <laughs> um but yeah, he's definitely come in and like particularly um with the 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 men like Bruce there were times that I had a tone in how Bruce was talking that he was like that's that's not really what I picture Bruce saying. Um, you know, Bruce is more reticent than that. Um, so he would sort of come in and tweak that kind of stuff. And and Duke as well. I, I find like Duke has that similar like quiet brooding, but the one liner under his breath that's very funny. That's not meant to be funny, but it just is. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why. I, sometimes when I look at when I look at Duke in the pages, I just think of Terry Crews. Oh, <laughs> if nice. if white knight gets you know gets the movie treatment yeah i'm i'm putting up terry cruz right here i like that casting and, and i think he would steal the show yeah who else would you cast oh jeez. Hmm. <laughs> well let's see if we look at um starlet I've, I've never considered this before. I'm just going off the top of my head. It, if we were casting Starlet, I don't know. I, I want to say maybe Mila Kunis. That's a great casting choice. Yeah. Well, have you thought about any of that? Um, for Harley, I think Kristen Bell would be a really good choice. Oh, oh that, great. That, that's good because she always wanted to play Harley. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The, I, I remember know. seeing uh, an interview with uh, Kevin Smith somewhere where he was saying that she was telling him she wants to play Harley. And he was like, well, cool, but, you know, I, I don't get to make that decision. I don't know how much power <laughs> you think I have. But 
Oh, yeah, man. I guess she's uh, she's like Tarly since she was a kid or something. Well, we need to get her a copy of this White Knight book. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> looks perfect. Yeah, she'd be great. And she's like the right age. She's also a mother in real life. I think that she'd be able to really connect to the character. And it's funny be because... Hmm? Who would uh, be a good Jack? It's funny what... White Knight is one of the things that has had the rumors go around, you know, just you know, obviously unfounded rumors that uh, there was going to be a movie developed for it. And I forget what website it was, but they were running a story that uh, White Knight was being developed for a movie and they were putting Matt Damon as Jack Joker. Hmm. First of all, if that's true, that's news to me. Matt Damon, I think that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah like he, he could definitely. I, I don't know that I would see him. You know, I don't know if I would look at him and see Jack or Joker, but I mean, he could definitely perform it. Yeah, you know, it's funny if if he hadn't, if this person, not Matt Damon, the person I'm thinking, hadn't already been in Batman movies. I think Aaron Eckhart would be a really good choice. Yeah. But he's already been Two-Faced, so. Um. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't matter too much. You know, so, so many people have, have crossed. Like, look at um, J.K. Simmons. Oh, that's true. I, I still can't not see him as Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man because yeah. no one will ever be more Jonah Jameson than he is. <laughs> but now he's also Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, that's true. Uh, a lot of people double dipping. I love J.K. Simmons. He's amazing. Yeah, he, he is he's really, really good. good. Such who, a fantastic actor. Who um, would your uh, White Knight Batman be? Oh. Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if Sean knows. I wonder if Sean's thought about this. We prob I feel like we probably did go over this with him in the early days. Yeah. But that would have been, you know, what like four or five years ago. God, has it been that long since the first one came out? Oh my god. It's, it's gotta be there. Cause you figure, you know, one issue a month. Yeah. Plus time in between starting the next one and yeah. wow. Okay. Man, is it what three years? Maybe is it three years? Yeah, maybe something like that. Three or four, maybe. Sean would know. We're we're batting this around like we don't have the internet available here. (laughs) Let me have a look. Or it's not like I don't have Sean that I could literally like shout down to the kitchen (laughs) or like text at the moment. My my guess is 2018. Let's see. Early 20s. 2017 and 2018. Wow. So we're we're on the fourth year now. Yeah, so, coming yeah. up. Yeah. It it doesn't feel like that much time has gone by though. I I can still remember the excitement that was going around when it was announced. You know, when when White Knight was announced. Yeah. Yeah. People were going crazy. Yeah. And look how far it's gone now. I know. I I I've always loved it. I mean, I, that's probably. I mean, duh. Of course, I did. But um, yeah, I remember when he was telling me the ideas for it, and I was like, "That sounds really cool." Um, I feel like okay, casting of Batman. 
this might be a really stupid choice, <laughs> which you can tell me. Um, but what about John Hamm? That, I was actually thinking the same thing. Like John Hamm has been tossed around for for Batman before in fan casting. Oh, but I something know. about okay. the White Knight world. I just think he works perfectly for. Yeah, like I think there's something very like charming. Obviously, you need him to be charming, but like a little dark, but also able to curse while putting together a crib. <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> oh, not actually curse, but in my mind, he was like cursing because he couldn't get the damn crib together. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we were on the same. Yeah. Page. Yeah. Yeah. He he seems to fit really well. Like you know to to be like Sean's Batman who, you know, hasn't shaved and, you know, like, yeah, he'd have that stubble on under the cowl. And yeah. Yeah. He would nail it. Yeah. I'm going to ask Sean later though, who he would ask. Cause I can't believe we haven't actually like Sean and I don't think I've ever talked about this. <laughs> I'm sure I've mentioned Kristen Bell because I'm like more than a little obsessed with her. If I could force a celebrity to be my best friend, it would be her. But we do need a Joker. Oh, oh yeah. And that gets hard now because as there are more and more iterations. Yeah. And it's also hard because, like, this is sort of an older, like, they have to they, they have to be a little older in this story. Yeah. So it's not like. You know, like the Robert Pattinson probably wouldn't work for any of Batman or Joker in this world. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you maybe know. we get into like Adrian Brody or something, you know, like because they, they yeah. have to have those angular features to, yeah. to, to do Joker. That's true. Yeah, he has the body type to be Jack Napier. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, another good choice. Then this this actually came from Neil Adams uh, a few years ago. Uh, Neil Adams was suggesting Matt Smith. If you guys know who Matt Smith mm -hmm. is from Doctor Who. Oh yeah, I didn't know the name until you said Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah, he's you know he's tall I... and long yeah. and lanky, and his his natural hair, like his hair when he was the Doctor, if you just dyed that green. It looks like it comic looks Joker. Like, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Hmm. I that's one thing. No, no one has ever done in live action a Joker that looks like the comics. Well, you know, we had, uh, aside from Jack Nicholson, right? You know, with the prosthetics and everything, but I think there are so many actors out there that you could just dye their hair and put paint on their face like they did with Joaquin. Yeah. But, you know, they, they still didn't do like you the, the comic look, but I think if they just did comic Joker look, there are so many, like I, I, that was what I hoped we were going to get when they first cast Jared Leto, when they announced him, I thought, mm. Oh, perfect. They could make him look just like comic Joker, but yeah. then they didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. They like went as far away from that as they could. Absolutely, yeah. The, the, yeah, let's let's give him belly tattoos and a gold chain and shave his head and just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just um, that's fair. <laughs> anyway, wow, yeah, this this really took a turn, but uh, we could probably stop wasting your night at this point and let you get back to all of your work. 
and uh, whatever animals are crawling around on you. I think the cat went to sleep somewhere. Like she had stopped trying to get into my lap. So I guess that's good. <laughs> well, again, we appreciate the time very much. Thank you for coming on to chat with us about it. And thank you for giving us the book too. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for reading and supporting. I really appreciate it. And uh, for anyone who hasn't picked it up, you know, if, if you're trade waiting or whatever you were doing, uh, definitely get out there and read it as soon as you can. And uh, watch for Katana's other stuff as well if uh, if it's your uh, in your lane. Yeah. But and and we'll wait for you know I don't know if we're going to be able to leave that in or not, so I'll just be sort of vague with it. We will watch for uh, an announcement on your comic project. Yes. Keep an eye out for that. And I guess we will leave it at that. Thank you again so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening and reading. Our absolute pleasure. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. Say hi to Sean for us. I will. Thanks, and guys. We will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you.